The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight. Look here. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious about Hypnosis. Let's get through psychosis, psychosis, whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 252 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my lovely and talented SmackDown Mariners correspondent, Miss Dee Dee Jonay. Hey, friend. What's going on, friend? Nothing much, nothing much. I'm glad that you could join me once again for another episode of the WrestleCast, your favorite wrestling podcast on the internet. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also listen to us through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and you can actually watch an illustrated edition of the WrestleCast on YouTube. Have you had a chance to check out the storybook edition? It looks like a book. I haven't. I drank a lot, so I forgot to do that when you told me to last time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you want to see some, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily checking out the product as far as live for the whole three or two hours at this moment. But if you want to see some visuals to go along with what we say here on the WrestleCast, be sure to check out the YouTube version of the WrestleCast. We do enjoy a visual aid, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So it's kind of like us uh, narrating, and it has nice, lovely pictures to go with it as well. So I think it's a pretty cool deal. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of news. Uh, Tony Schiavone, the former play-by-play announcer of WCW Nitro, has officially signed with AEW, and he will be a part of their weekly television show broadcasting team and he's also going to continue his mlw dates as well so tony Schiavone has completed the prophecy of conrad thompson he's gotten all his podcast (laughs) co-hosts back into wrestling in some shape form or fashion between bruce pritchard eric bischoff and tony Schiavone. so good job for conrad thompson getting those guys back into the wrestling business through the podcast. So all we need, DD, is a couple of million, four or five people to listen to us, and we can get in the wrestling business too. Hey, thank <laughs> you, black people. More fun, less fam with the Jew <laughs> I'm still waiting for you versus Sam Roberts in a debate. That would be must see TV for sending the pre shows. I would be so through with him from the beginning you want to talk about a people's eyebrow <laughs> y'all don't see me in real life so y'all don't know how my eyebrow skepticism really gets down but judging you yes Seth Rollins was named the number one wrestler for this year in the pro wrestling illustrated 500 So basically, this takes the best wrestlers throughout the whole world, ranks them one through 500. Seth Rollins, number one for this year. Congratulations to him. I personally thought it was going to be Will Ospreay. Because personally, to me, Will Ospreay has been the wrestler of the year. He's had so many high-profile four-star or five-star matches this year. But... PWI, they gave it to Seth Rollins, so congratulations to him. I'm okay with that. How do you feel about the ranking of Daniel Bryan? What what number was he? I didn't see the whole He was in the top 10, and that felt awfully high for me. But I was like, maybe I forgot something. They may have done that based off of more his common his uh promos work and not really his in ring because yeah he hasn't really done a lot in the ring i mean he was a champion though for 
a few months there leading up to WrestleMania. Mm. He was number two. He was number two. Number two? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about number two. Yeah, AJ was number three. Kofi was four. Okada was five. Gargano was six. Roman was seven. Omega was eight. Tanahashi was nine. And Osprey was ten. Yeah, well, Osprey being ten is just criminally wrong. Okay. Because, you know, I don't know about everybody who ain't our guys, but I felt Daniel Bryan was awfully high. You know I thought AJ was high. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of felt like Roman was like an emotional number for t- numbers eight or six, whatever he is. I'm just thinking back. WWE doesn't have that many high quality matches to fall back they on. They really don't. Like, and the ones that happen are on NXT. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if anything, Johnny Gargano should have been like number three. Mm-hmm. Where's, where was Adam Cole? Not in the top ten. Yeah, now see, if, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely could... They need a little bit of revision on that. Adam Cole is definitely in the top 10. I feel like that's correct. And I mean, if anybody's in the sympathy top 10, it should be, uh, what's my baby's name? Bruh? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've been seeing, you've been seeing his, his uh, videos I've been uh, tweeting you, right? Yes, you do. You always keep me up to date, and I appreciate you, friend. Yes. And now that NXT is about to be on USA, his prophecy can come to fulfillment. He don't ever have to leave NXT. I don't want him to. Me either. I love that they know what it's about. It's like, don't leave. Me either. I am uh, super excited about NXT coming to USA. I just hope that they can just keep everybody where they are, integrate some of the... uh, NXT UK people integrate some 205 Live people and just keep it as its own separate thing and don't move anybody up. Okay, now it said the criteria for the PWI 500 is a win-loss record, mm-hmm. technical ability, influence on the sport, success against the highest grade of competition, success against the most diverse competition, and activity. No, if that is the case, Daniel Bryan being number two is shenanigans. Right. Samoa Joe's 11. No, then that's bullshit, because Samoa Joe doesn't ever win. So, no. Yeah, his win-loss no, record no, no, would no. disqualify him, right? <laughs> right, like off-rip. off, off rip. And mind you, I love Samoa Joseph, but I'm going with the words you told me. <laughs> okay, Chomp is 13, Walter's 14, Do you see Cody's it? Do you, do you see a guy named Shingo Takagi? Do you see his name anywhere in Shingo the top Takagi. 20, 30? 20? Shingo. No. 30? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's number 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have to call bullshit on the PWI 500 then if oh, Shingo Takagi well, we might need to just do like a dark match about this because this is crazy. <laughs> These rankings are out. How is Seamus 85? I haven't even seen him this year. <laughs> the fuck are you talking? How is Zack Ryder 100? Let's stop. Let's stop the shenanigans. They- he won a championship one time. Okay, so Braun Strowman is 27 and Adam Cole is 18. 18? 18. He's right above Finn Balor and right under Kota Ibushi. Yeah, both of those are super low. Kota Ibushi should be closer to the top 10. Ricochet's 21. Velveteen Dream is 26. <sighs> That's interesting. Buddy Murphy's 33. Aleister Black is 34. The Miz is 35. Drew McIntyre is 36. Yeah, Drew. Is ranked above Kevin Owens. Oh. 39 40. Shenanigans. Tony Nese is 45. Ziggles is 46. Rusev is 49. When is the last time you've seen Rusev? That's a whole lot of WWE people in this. I mean, I'm skipping over the names I don't know. Oh, okay. I saw a Matt Tavern, a Nick Aldis, a Sonata. Uh, Zach Sabre yes. Jr. What, what number was Zach Sabre Jr.? 
Minoru Suzuki is 47. I've heard you mention him before. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, let me let me go from the beginning and see who you know. Um, Kota Ibushi is 17. Mm-hmm. Naito is 25. That's a little low for him. Uh, who else? Minoru Suzuki is 47. Hiro, Hiroki Gotu is 50. Marty Scroll is 52. Okay. Ali is 55. I feel like you would know Evil because it's in August. Yes, He's yeah. 51. Okay. What about, um, oh yeah, it's a separate Shingo. thing. Shingo, right? Yeah, Shingo Takagi. 67. 67? Uh-huh. Oh, man. To me, the wrestlers of the year are between him and Will Ospreay. Wow. Yeah. Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson are 75 and 76. Kushida, 77. Uh, Taichi is 89. <laughs> what up, Anwar Starwin? Taichi's in the top 100 of the oh. best wrestlers in the world. Tama Tonga's 94. Maru, Minoru Tanaka is 97. Tonga Loa is 90. No. Tanaka's 96. Tonga Loa is 97. Dash Wilder's 98. David Starr is 99, and Zack Ryder is 100. Oh, good for Zack Ryder, making it in the top 100. Here's my shenanigans. Sheamus is 85, Xavier Woods is 86. What? Drew Gulak is 87, Rich Swan is 88. To the homie. You know, had to mention the homie. Oh, yeah, and have some more. It's very interesting. It's very interesting, yeah. We may have to... uh get the listing out and really go over it and dissect some of these people. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm calling shenanigans top five. Like, <laughs> yeah. That'd be number two. Yeah. No. AJ, no AJ Styles, too. He's, I could see him top ten. I don't see him number three. No, 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 no. Not number three. In my top three, it would have been Will Ospreay, Shingo, and then Seth Rollins. If you put in Shango top three and he's all the way down there, there are, there are massive shenanigans afoot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Shingo Takagi went undefeated throughout the whole best of the Super Juniors tournament. And he oh, wow. the only match he lost was in the finals to Will Ospreay. Oh, then yeah. That's, that's at the very least top 15 material. Because if we're talking about diversity of opponents... And win loss record already. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It makes me wonder who's on these other four hundred spots, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't put Zach Ryder at one hundred, what are we doing here? And oh, oh, oh! So the women are ranked on a different list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have their own oh. list. Okay. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Then. Yes, yes. It'd probably be Becky Lynch more than likely. Hey, I'm really calling bullshit on Rusev in 49. I don't even remember the last saw him was. Yeah, man, Rusev have been, has been very, very absent lately. I don't know what they if they're gonna try to pull up Bray Wyatt and just overhaul him completely when he comes back. But uh, yeah, I mean, it might not be bad. We need another. I mean, I guess if we can go back to him not being like the charming kind of winner that he ended up being later on in the. Because there was a time when he was like undefeated, but he also didn't speak. And then he started speaking, and we liked him, and then he started losing. So if we could mix that up, mm-hmm. that might be nice. You notice that when it comes to the WrestleCast, that a lot of times, a lot of the people we begin liking surprisingly go on losing streaks. It's racism. Yes. What, yes. Yes. But I'm going to call it anyway. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. We're kicking it off. It's boss time. As we open with highlights of Sasha Banks returning and attacking Natalia and Becky Lynch. Sasha smiles. She says, everyone wants to know why. Why she attacked Natty and they want to know where she's been. She says she was gone for four months, minding her own business. But all she heard was talk about where she was. She talks about the reports that she threw a fit and cried at WrestleMania. And she said, yeah, I did that. She said she went home because she was in a WrestleMania match that she cared nothing about. While Becky got to main event against Ronda Rousey. 
She said she went on a few vacations for her WrestleMania check, and she came back with a plan. And there was poor Natalia, and Becky then saved the day, and she got what she deserved. Sasha says that she is the standard of this division and deserves all the glory. That's when Natalia arrives, and they brawl on the floor. The referees and agents arrive to break them up, but they keep brawling. And then we finally get them broken up as we go to commercial break. How'd you feel about the Sasha explanation? We finally got the long in-ring promo about her motivations. I mean, she deserves. And she's right. Her shenanigans were shenanigans. And she had every right to leave, go on multiple vacations, stunt on the gram on us, and then come back when she was ready with her new bad bitch hair color. The Street Profits, they're backstage and they're doing their usual hyping up of what's to come on tonight's Monday Night Raw. We get our first King of the Ring tournament match as Drew McIntyre faces off against Ricochet. Ricochet cuts Drew off with the super kick. He follows with more kicks until Drew hits the lariat and a sit-out powerbomb for a two-count. Drew takes Ricochet up top, but Ricochet fights back. And he pulls Drew down, and he flies in with the recoil. Ricochet then goes up top. Ricochet hits the 630, and Ricochet gets the win over Drew McIntyre to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. Hey. Coming into the King of the Ring, these were two of the guys I had picked to possibly win it. And again, they do that thing where they take two of my favorites and they put them against each other in the first round so I was kind of surprised that Ricochet won to be honest but that's a good look for him it's probably going to come down to be Ricochet versus Andrade what you think about that that would be interesting I would I would not mind either one of those two being king of the ring yeah especially because it's a it's a title no shade it doesn't mean much at the moment so to start it back up again with somebody different from the norm, like an Andrade or Ricochet would be a good idea for me. I think they'll have a hell of a match in the finals. Absolutely. After highlights of last week's tag team title win, Seth and Braun are interviewed. They look rather happy. They're asked about class of champions. Seth knows that he has to defend both titles and Braun keeps staring at the universal championship and then says that they will take on anyone for the tag team titles. Braun wants a title shot against Seth, but he plays it cool until he officially challenges Seth, and Seth agrees. So they're going to defend the tag team titles, and then they're going to have a singles match against each other. How do you feel about that? That's kind of weird. They don't so much, but uh, as long as at the end of the night, Braun has at least one title around his waist, I won't argue about it. All right. The Miz, he cuts the promo, noting that he's accomplished a lot in his WWE career, but he's never won King of the Ring. He wants it all, and he wants to be king. So the Miz versus Baron Corbin is our next King of the Ring tournament match. The Miz counters in the days into a DDT for a two count. He follows with kicks, but Corbin cradles him for a two count. Miz then hits the skull crushing finale for two. Corbin rolls to the floor. Miz follows and slams him into the barricade. Back in. Miz runs into the end of days and Baron Corbin gets the win. Boo. After the match, Corbin, he tries on the crown and he sits in the throne. Corbin says that he proved the fans wrong and he is where he is because of himself and says all hail King Corbin. The only wrench that I could see is somehow Baron Corbin getting in the finals just to make everybody mad. And they do like to make us mad. Everybody would be pissed if Baron Corbin won the King of the Ring. The Good Brothers, they comment on tonight's tag team turmoil match and complain about having to work the match to earn their tag team title rematch. We get a look back on Rey Mysterio teasing retirement until Dominic Mysterio stopped him. And we get a graphic that says Ray Mysterio will return to action next week. Bailey faces Nikki Cross. We get an overhead belly to belly and the knee strike and a cutter in the ropes that gets a two count. Bailey follows with the side slam. She heads up top and the elbow drop finishes it off as Bailey gets the win. 
Braun comments on tonight's match with AJ Styles and then promises to win the U.S. title and the Universal title. Point here in the night on Monday where Braun could have been like a, a, a three different champions. He could have been the United States champion. He could have been the tag team champion. And then if he won at uh, Clash of Champions, he could be the Universal champion all at the same time. Mm, I like it for him. He's got a waist big enough to carry all those belts. You know, it could easily fit. <laughs> he could do it if he was called to. He could wear like two across his shoulders and one on his waist. Yes, I like it. I like it a lot. Now it's time for our number one contenders tag team turmoil match. The Viking, the Viking Raiders and the B team, they start the match. Eric cuts the B team off. He tags in Ivar. Double teams follow. Thor's hammer finishes off Bo Dallas. And the Viking Raiders continue on in this tag team turmoil match. The Good Brothers are the next team out. It breaks down right away. The Good Brothers work over Ivar and then they attack Eric on the floor. Ivar hits the suicide dive, taking out Eric. They all brawl and they are all disqualified for kicking too much ass. <laughs> Sam's favorite reason for a disqualification. So now we get two more teams as we get the makeshift team of Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. They're in against Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalite. It breaks down. Dolph tosses Metalite to the floor until Metalite Sunset flips Dolph for a two count. Then the, the super kick from Dolph eliminates Grand Metalite and Lindsay Dorado. The Revival are our next team in. Dolph hits a Famister. Dawson follows with the Brain Buster. But Robert Rude hits the Glorious DDT. And the Revival are eliminated. Hawkins and Ryder are the next tag team in. Hawkins gets posted and Dolph super kicks Zack Ryder for the elimination. The final team in the tag team turmoil match is Heavy Machinery. The spinning slam and then a corner splash by Otis on both heels gets the guys knocked down. The caterpillar on Dolph connects, but Bobby Roode cradles Otis for a two count. Otis hits the power slam for his own two count. Tucker tags in, and the compactor is cut off by the super kick and the zigzag. Bobby Roode hits the DDT, and Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are your new number one contenders for the tag team titles. That was a lot. <laughs> and only in WWE can the team who just got made up in like the six hours before the show came on can they beat all those established long form tag teams right <laughs> so what do you feel about Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler I want good things for the both of them not necessarily to in the real tag teams, but I want Bobby to be as glorious as his entrance music. Mm -hmm. So whatever gets me there, I'm okay with. If they need a tag team name, they should call themselves the Glorious Showoffs. Yes. That'll be twenty percent. <laughs> WWE if they end up calling themselves that next week when they come out uh, we get we get highlights of the Roman Reigns saga are you getting are you getting worn thin by the Roman Reigns story I'm okay with it taking a while because I feel like they should do more of the of the you know soap opera we move two inches in two months like I don't mind it taking a while right they're not asking the right questions and that's irritating me mm. like it's really bothering me that nobody's like who the fuck is that though like, <laughs> <laughs> like I look at that man and I'm like so that's your your uncle brother daddy cousin like what it, But and even if you don't think that they look alike why isn't the question who is he where did he come from what do you know about him it's none of that mm -hmm. and so it's a very odd storyline that they're creating and I don't know where it's going right it's weird to me. We have our grudge match up next. Sasha Banks versus Natalia. Natalia hits a release German suplex. Sasha goes to the floor and slams Natalia's arm off the post. Sasha tosses uh, Natty into a chair and then she runs her arm into the post again. 
Back in the ring, Sasha covers for a two count. Sasha misses the double knees, but hits the bank statement and Natalya fights. But Sasha Banks locks up Natty's arm and Natalya finally has to tap. After the match, Sasha locks on the bank statement again and she finally releases the hold as she smiles sadistically at inflicting pain on Natalya. <laughs> the smile sounds good. Uh, she was... Uh, she's been watching a lot of New Japan, mm-hmm. and she's been channel- channeling her inner Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. The <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. part is when she made the like variation to the bank statement, where she grabbed like Natalia's arm and like yoked it up and changed the variation of the bank statement. That was the Zack Sabre Jr. part, and then the mm-hmm. smiling because she just like stretched Natalia. That was the Minoru Suzuki part. Ah. Yes. Minoru Suzuki is a very, very, very mean man. I like mean people. <laughs> you would you would love Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> he gets pleasure out of beating people up, stretching them, having them scream. And in, and in New Japan, right? So like the young boys, which would be like the uh NXT performance center people. Mm-hmm. Like the first or two, the first or second year students, mm-hmm. they're the young boys in New Japan, and what they are are they're basically like the ring attendants. So when the guys come down and take off their ring jackets and stuff, they get the jackets and make sure they get back to the back after the matches. After the guys are hurt, they like come into the ring, make sure they're okay, give them ice packs, help them out of the ring, help them to the back. Minoru Suzuki routinely beats these guys up. And like hits them with like legitimate punches and forearms. Ooh. Yeah. All the time. Especially if he loses. Oh, interesting. Yes. I have to give you some some uh couple of matches to watch of his. Yeah, I would familiar. love to. Yeah, yeah she so can get familiar. My favorite, Kayla Braxton. She's interviewing AJ Styles. <laughs> AJ says that this is crap. The Good Brothers were screwed, and tonight he'll just show how phenomenal he is against Braun Strowman. Okay. Cedric Alexander faces Cesaro in our next match. Cedric Alexander fires up, and the lumbar check is blocked, and he counters into a cover for a two count. We get a half craft for Cesaro. Alexander fights, and he counters up into a victory roll for a two count. Cesaro gets the ankle lock. Cedric Alexander rolls him to the floor. As we get back in, Cesaro runs into the lumbar check, and Cedric Alexander gets the win. Yay. One time (laughs) for Cedric. Yeah. Uh, The story that they're trying to tell is that Cesaro softened him up for Samoa Joe in the next round because uh, Cedric's ankle was all messed up after this match. So that's kind of the story they're telling is how fit is Cedric Alexander going to be for the next match. We get highlights of the recent 24-7 championship shenanigans as the Fox Founders Day was the site of a whole lot of shenanigans between Elias, Drake Maverick, uh, R-Truth, and even Rob Stone got into the mix. Dolph and Bobby Roode are interviewed about their upcoming tag team title shot. Dolph says that he saw something in Bobby Roode and thinks that they can be unstoppable unstoppable together. They are the real main eventers in WWE and they will win the tag team titles. The Street Profits are back. They're talking about what has happened on Raw. Dawkins is covered in beads as he's getting ready to party out on Bourbon Street. He said he stole Corbin's vest to make a voodoo doll and they begin to hype the main event between AJ Styles and Braun Strowman. That's when Braun arrives and walks through the camera shot as he heads to the ring. Main event, AJ Styles versus Braun Strowman for the United States title. Drive Styles into the corner, but Braun Strowman is in trouble. 
Well, trying to catch his breath, coming in. Oh, Ooh. nobody home as Styles moves out of the way, and that goes for the leg. Great move by the veteran and Styles. This is what makes the phenomenal one so, so dangerous. Never missing the opportunity to exploit an opponent, a weakness, an opening of any sort, and that's exactly what Styles just found. How do you take the power away from Strowman? You take out his base, take out his legs, and that's what Styles oh. is doing here. You chop down the monster. Vicious intent from Styles. Boom! Oh, now a blow right to the back of the neck. Strowman's in trouble. Can Styles capitalize? At the moment on his back, Braun Strowman is not nearly as imposing or powerful as he usually is. The monster among men has been cut down to size. AJ Styles in control. AJ slipping a bit on the second rope. Now delivers himself and moves off to Strowman. Is it enough to put Braun away? Cover by Styles on the monster among men. Two count and a kick out at two and a half. The official is out. Styles doing everything he can in his power, but Strowman lifts him up and slams him down. Cover. One, two, three. There's no official. Oh, there is an official. Here comes this the official. This is garbage. The original. The OC. Look at this. Anderson and Gallows, who were barred from ringside. Remember, Rollins is not here tonight. Anderson and Gallows barred from ringside. And now trying to... Strowman. Ross fighting back with everything he oh, has. The referees down out. Anderson and Gallows are barred. I mean, now Strowman is unloading with steel chairs to the OC. And now turns his attention to Styles. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Styles is playing possum. The chair shots took out Anderson and Gallows, who far not legal competitors. Oh, Strowman was disqualified, and now he's going to make people pay. Braun's going to get his pound of flesh right now. The monster is now unleashed. Oh, the OC is going to ruin the day. They poke the monster. Look at this. That's Gallows slammed. The OC's feeling the wrath of Braun Strowman, but AJ Styles is still the United States champion. Damn right. You like that? Listen, if I lost anyway, let's get it where it need to go. <laughs> if I hit you with a chair, you best believe I'm going to fucking hit you with a chair. Okay? Yeah, AJ Styles using the lie, cheat, and chill tactic. Lie, lie cheat and steal tactics to retain the United States title. I mean, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, so. This was a okay episode of Monday Night Raw. Wasn't the absolute best edition of Monday Night Raw I've seen in a while, but it was it was okay. It was about a 3.5 on the 5 scale. That sounds right agree with that. Alright, alright. So at this time, I'm about to turn it over to you, Miss Didi Jonet, for our SmackDown Matters report. Yes, let me let you know that SmackDown Matters. They were coming... Oh! This is... They were in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I think they were in Baton Rouge or somewhere. Yeah, it was interesting because either Raw or SmackDown, one of them, the first hand of the audience was like an empty row about four feet. Oh, that was SmackDown, yeah. It was like, y'all should have planned that a little bit better. That's dang, dang cute. But besides that, open with the video of the Roman Reigns attempted murder saga. He walks and, and is walking in the back and is asked about Brian demanding an apology. He says he'll head to the ring to talk. But first, Kofi arrives. He says that Orton likes to call him stupid, but who got their ass knocked out last week? Orton took this to a personal level while Kofi just wanted to prove himself. Orton brought his family into it, tried to take out Xavier, but the last thing we saw was Orton cowering away with fear in his eyes because he saw the look in Kofi's eyes. Kofi isn't playing around, and they can run it back at Clash of Champions, and Kofi will prove himself again. 
reporting to Piers, interrupting that last little bit of what Kofi said, calling him stupid about 25 times. He said he loved to show everyone how stupid Kofi is, but he'll wait until the pay-per-view. He has a letter to share that he received. He says, he says it says to stop hurting Kofi because Kofi's a good man and he's not stupid. You are a mean man, Orton, and it's not about Kofi saying, first of all, that didn't happen. Randy's full of shenanigans. That little boy did not write. No Randy Orton, nobody let him. That's okay. Orton calls the letter touching and says he is in the same hotel as Kofi's family, so he'll go pay his son a visit. First of all, who do you think you are? Well, what he thought was what happened, which was that would incite Kofi to running and getting in that ass. So he runs to the back. They're brawling in the back. And then, unfortunately, Orton DDTs him to the floor and calls him what? Stupid. Man, Kofi's head hit like a thud. I was like, uh, oh, shit. That's when fake anger turned real. All of a sudden, shit ain't funny no more. As when them fake slaps turn into real slaps, them pull punches don't get pulled quite so much. Them kicks be kicking a little harder. We'll see how it goes, though. Big E checks on Kofi in the trainer's room and will face Orton later tonight. Kofi will be ready for the pay-per-view, but Orton may not be. So, for your next King of the Ring tournament match is Ali versus Buddy Murphy. Um... Uh, Ali lands a super kick and the poison run about Ali follows for two. He lays the boots to Murphy, heads up top, but Murphy cuts him off with a cheeky Nando's. I don't know what that is, but I like the name. That's the uh, kick where he pulls his head in between his legs and then he super kicks him on the turnbuckles. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That is very cheeky. <laughs> I get it, cheeky. Yeah. Murphy follows with the power bomb and a comma goye into a brain buster for two. They trade strikes and Zaguri by Ali and the spike DDT follows. Ali goes up top for 50 finishes and your winner is an ethnic person. Yay! But no, we enjoy Buddy Murphy as well. Yes, they did the uh, the sportsmanship thing at the end of the match. Listen, I am so, like, not that girl. And I don't know if it's because of Trump's America or if it's because I have a heel type spirit. But I was like, don't shake his hair. <laughs> You don't mean it. And so when it just like ended nicely, I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. I was like, mm-mm. Don't touch him. <laughs> but yeah, Bailey meets with Ember Moon and they stay friendly while Moon promises to win the next time. She runs down Charlotte by praising Bailey as Lacey Evans arrives. Lacey says that Bailey is ruining the entire division and Lacey claims to be the real face of the division. Nobody has seen you since you lost months ago, Sugarfoot. What are you the face of exactly besides the MAGA group? What are you talking about? I mean, I love wrestlers, but sometimes the delusion just jumps out. (laughs) Okay, The Miz arrives and comments on the attack last week by Sammy and Shinsuke. He isn't buying their alliance and calls Sammy a clinger who can't hack it in a WWE ring. He puts over Nakamura and then claims he made the IC title relevant and can do it again. And then he challenges Nakamura for a match at Clash of Champions. Sammy arrives, finds it funny. He says he's here to liberate Nakamura and to make him better. He mocks the Miz for continuing to associate himself with the IC title while Nakamura is the champion, an artist, and the king of strong style, while Miz is the king of soft style. Sammy is kind and respectful. This is all per Sammy. Miz challenges him to get into the ring, but Sammy refuses. Miz looks to attack him, but Nakamura attacks him from behind and beats him down while Sammy does commentary on the house mic, like the icon that Samuto is. Nakamura hits a Kinshasa into the LED board as Sammy celebrates in the ring. Sammy runs down Miz and has Nakamura hit another Kinshasa. Did you ever watch those M1 videos back in the day? Or your brother watched those? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, you I remember, remember. You remember the guy who would be on the microphone, like, uh, commentating the game? Mm-hmm. He'd be like, ooh, baby, he put him in the mix. That's what Sammy's oh, yeah, doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember those. Um, Elias plays his guitarist, Kevin Owens, arrives. Elias says he does what he wants and makes fun of Kevin for losing last week. He says Shane isn't here tonight. And so Kevin leaves because Kevin wants to talk to Shane. Next, Bailey versus the face of the division, Lacey Evans. Knee strikes by Bailey, connect, and then she 
hits the Bailey to belly for a two count as Evan makes Evans makes it to the ropes. Evans fires back, but Bailey hits another Bailey to belly. She has a top and the elbow drop finishes it, and the face loses again. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan want an apology from Roman Reigns tonight. They will not leave until they get it. This is what I mean when I say I don't understand the way that this is set up. So you want me to believe that last week you showed me a really big man with a really ginger beard and a bald head, and you said, I didn't do it, he did it, and you just kind of looked at each other and then you went home. Who is the bald-ass man? Yeah. Why would I apologize to you? Like, I don't know enough yet, because as far as I know, that could be your cousin. Or you could have hired him. Like, I don't, why would I apologize? Who is he? They introduced this big-ass 6'10", 325-pound dude. And then and then this week, he was like a 6'10", 325-pound plot hole. Like, so, like, you left with it wasn't me, right? And so my thing is, if you say it wasn't me and I want an apology, you know who it should have been? It should have been fucking Zelina Vega. Like, <laughs> she did the shit because she was like, he's in the way. And Andrade needs more opportunities. Cool. Now I want my apology because you mistook me for a little Puerto Rican girl. That makes sense. You mistook me for this big ass man who looks exactly like me. And now I'm like, who is this big ass man? Where did the big ass man come from? Why did he do it? Are we not going to ask the big ass man? We're just going to be like, well, it wasn't me. So let's move on. I'm, I'm confused. This is not what we do in soap operas. In WWE is nothing but a violent ass soap opera. So let's get that together. But we move on. Randy or- Thank you. Randy Orton versus Biggie. Earlier tonight, it was Randy Orton who produced a, a, a quote-unquote letter, supposedly, from Kofi Kingston's oh. son, Kyle. Oh, oh, man. This infuriated Kofi Kingston. Help oh. the Viper bait in Kofi. It, call it what, what it was, Tommy. Oh. It was a brilliantly executed trap by Randy Orton. It was also sick. Disturbing. Yeah, you're right. It was more than that. It was despicable. It, 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 that's what Randy Orton MO has been his entire career. Big E. Oh no! Apron out on the end. Oh, oh no. man, Biggie missed hard. How many world? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, overhead belly to belly. Big E has come back to life, and now Biggie has taken control. Big E completely manhandling the Viper. He's trying to psych himself up, and another belly to belly. Sometimes emotion, adrenaline can carry you through. Biggie has said Kofi will be ready for the Oh, wait a minute. Champions. Oh, wait a minute. Another revival trying to get involved. Oh, went for the RKO. Biggie able to avoid. Look out. Big ending. Big ending. No. Oh, and the revival of the official didn't see it. Oh, come on. RKO. The official didn't see it. The cover by Orton and the revival of the assist to the Viper. I didn't want tears in my hands. Here is the winner. The official's view was obstructed because the official was forced to get out of the way to protect himself. Big E fell victim to the RKO. Nonetheless, this is the plan. This is what Randy Orton wanted. Knowing that Xavier Woods is out of the picture, knowing that Kofi Kingston is receiving medical attention. Big E all alone, and now at the mercy of Randy Orton and the Revival. Tom, a few minutes ago, you just said there is no atrocity Randy Orton won't commit. How many times has Randy Orton been WWE World Champion? 13 times. Case in point. Deja vu all over again. Randy Orton barking out orders. Kofi Kingston's about to become a very lonely competitor. Oh, wait a minute, the revival, the super RKO! They've systematically decimated the New Day. First it was Woods, now it's Big E, and the only person left is Kofi. I mean, Kofi better find some ethnic friends. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell him. 
Uh, Chad Gable comments on tonight's match with Benjamin Shelton. Shelty can make all of the jokes he wants because he will beat him tonight. Shelton rises and calls him Shorty, pretending he can't see him. It was funny back when I was like seven. Elias arrives and sits on the throne and proclaims that he will be king. I believe it. He runs down the crowd as Owens arrives behind Elias and attacks behind his back. (laughs) He kicks his ass all the way to the ring and Owens hits the stunner to stand tall. R-True sneaks in, but Maverick breaks up the pin and he pins Elias to win the 24-7 title. So what that makes Maverick like a two, three time winner now? I think it's three time. Yep. What an icon. You better be a multiple winner. Uh, so you know how they always have the stuff on Twitter, like the backstage stuff. So he's running backstage and he straight runs past Renee and Michelle. And she's like, wait, slow down, slow down. So he stops. <laughs> she catches up to him and she takes her heels off and then she starts running and then she starts running way past him <laughs> where he's trying to catch up to her. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's cute. She's like, I'm fast. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gable versus Sheltie for a tournament match. The snap German by Chad drops Sheltie on his head, but Shelton pops up and hits a clothesline. Shelton follows with an ankle lock. Gable rolls out, but Shelton counters the Rana and slams him into the barricade. They work up top, and Gable knocks Shelton to the mat and then eats a knee strike, but Gable counters into a sunset flip for the win. Come on, little man. Do you like Chad Gable's short hair? No, of course not. No, 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 no. No, I don't. He looks like every Caucasian man ever in life. And so the long hair did something to kind of make him look a little left of everybody else. Mm -hmm. So now that he's cut his hair, he he doesn't look bad with short hair. It's not that. It's just he looks unremarkable Mm -hmm. with short hair. That's what it is. But he doesn't look bad. I don't want it. I don't want anybody to think I think he looks bad. He just looks boring, which right. maybe yeah, more than a hair. But he's a winner, you know. The good with the bad. Uh, Roman Reigns, Starker continues. He arrives. He poses to the crowd. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan appear on the screen, and they want their apology. Roman asks the crowd if he should. They say no. I say no. What do you say? I say no. Damn right. Roman cues up some video of the first of the first near death experience. Rowan is in the background. Oh, Rowan is in the background. So what happens is that means that Daniel and Rowan wanted an apology because oh, it's this other big ass guy. We had nothing to do with it. Now that Roman can give you a close up of a big ass man who was clearly Eric Rowan, we know that that is not the truth. Brian is upset. He is enraged. He is infuriated. He slaps around Eric Rowan and calls him a liar. He tells Roman that he has been betrayed and he hates liars. He said he had nothing to do with it. He heads to the ring and says someone else put Rowan up to this. And then Rain spears Brian. Because that's exactly what the fuck you should do. And that is how your SmackDown ended for the week. I'm like you. I would much rather them had at least explain the big dude from last week, who he was, mm-hmm. a name, mm-hmm. an affiliation. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, why build up the show all last week to that moment to mm-hmm. not follow up with some type of explanation? There's literally no follow through. Like, you really want me to believe that you met the guy who apparently was trying to kill you and you didn't get a name, you didn't get any information, you didn't try to whip his ass. You just looked at him and said, okay, it's not it's not rowing. Good night. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, where, who, what, who thought of this? Uh, I didn't like the uh, the nature of a lot of my favorites got beat up on this episode of SmackDown. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was a kind of a weaker episode of SmackDown. I have a question. We know they can never feature more than like four women at a time. Right. But where the hell has Naomi been? Did she have to take a break because Jimmy had to take a break? But she was halfway on a break even before Jimmy took a break. Yeah, I know. But it seems like it's even more pronounced now. Yeah. I I don't know where Naomi is, but I miss her. I do too. I do too. I hope that it's not the case. I hope that they can figure something out for her shortly. Yeah, I agree. 
They need, they need to figure out some secondary women's programs, even if they're not yeah, necessarily they the, the title. But they need to come up with some personal stuff that at least yeah. feature a couple of more women every week. Yeah, absolutely. Than just the main titles, because, I mean, they have so many talented women that don't get a chance to wrestle. And they always just throwing out these out the blue matches with men. They need to start maybe doing that. Just pull some out the blue matches with some of the women and see what you get. Mm-hmm. But your rating for this week's SmackDown? Oh, three. I want an I want an explanation of not <laughs> of not Rowan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's like two point five. It's kind of a weak episode of SmackDown this week. I mean, they mm-hmm. all can't be gems. I mean, look how many times SmackDown has been epic. Yes, yes, yes. You know what's also epic? Hmm. Supporting the CSPN through the CSPN.us. Clicking on the tab that says keep our podcast free. Doing some shopping with our sponsors. Amazon, Audible, Busted Tees, and our whole list of sponsors underneath that keep our podcast free tab. Do some shopping as you normally would once you click on one of our sponsors. Some of your purchase comes back to the CSPN to help keep the WrestleCast free each and every week. So please support the WrestleCast and CSPN by going through CSPN.us, clicking the podcast that says keep our podcast free and shopping with our sponsors. NXT time. Start off with Io Shirai versus Cami Fields. Io Shirai hits a drop kick right away, but Cammy feels fires back until Shirai cuts her off with the show tie. We get double knees and the moonsault, and then Io pulls Cammy feels up at the counter two. She locks in her new submission finisher, and Io Shirai gets the win. Io Shirai then gets the kendo stick from underneath the ring, and just when she's about to attack, Candice LeRae arrives to make the save and she beats down Eo with the kendo stick until Eo finally escapes. Oh, I don't know. Cammy Fields was a black girl magic, so we might be able to give Candace a pass on, on saving her. It was cool. Oh, if you insist. <laughs> but yeah, heal Eo Shirai. Mm-hmm. All the way. Yes. It is a fantastic, glorious situation to behold. We get a video package on Kushida. And then the match I've been waiting four months for finally happened. Hossman rematch. Donovan Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. Dijakovic heads up top and the moonsault connects for a two count. Dijakovic heads back up, but Keith Lee cuts him off and he lays in some strikes. Keith Lee then follows up Dijakovic, but Dijakovic fires back until Keith Lee hits a Spanish fly on Donovan Dijakovic for a great near fall. Keith Lee, he heads back up to the ropes. Dijakovic cuts him off and he follows him up. Dijakovic gets knocked off as Keith Lee is looking for his doom salt, but Keith Lee gets cut off with a super kick to the knee. Donovan Dijakovic hits the feast your eyes, and Dijakovic gets the win. This is everything I wanted it to be and more. Mm. These two guys fucking delivered one hell of a match. Donovan Dijakovic does a Fosbury flop over the top rope. This man is like 6'4", 295 pounds. Keith Lee does like a springboard crossbody. He's like 6'3", 340 pounds. Not to mention this Spanish fly that was just phenomenal. This was a hell of a match. Hate Keith Lee had to lose, but damn, they both got over in this match. So, bravo, congrats. It lived up to all my expectations and a little more. So, I was thoroughly satisfied with that match. 
Afterwards, we get a video package on Johnny Gargano's NXT career. Shane Thorne arrives at the commentary desk and claims to be the future of NXT as commentary continues to contemplate the future of Johnny Gargano. In the Didi Jonay would have loved this part of the show. <laughs> Shayna Baszler, Jasmine Duke, and Marina Shafir arrive. They're on their, they come out to the ring. And just when Shayna Baszler is about to talk, former NXT UK Women's Champion Rhea Ripley, her music hits. She makes her way to the ring. She gets in the ring. Shayna's about to say something on the mic. She snatches the mic from Shayna. She says, I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to tell me that you've beaten everyone here. But the truth is, you've beaten everyone here, but you haven't beaten me, bitch. Oh. And Shayna is shocked and stunned. They retreat. They head back up the exit ramp, and Rhea Ripley is standing in the middle of the ring like the badass that she is. (laughs) So... They didn't show this on last week's episode, but so afterwards, right? So you know how uh, they all beat up Mia Yim, right? Mm-hmm. So after the match, Mia Yim is like goes to find Stephen Regal. So Stephen Regal was like outside talking on his telephone, and she mm-hmm. and he's like walking up the you know walking up the whatever he's the parking lot or whatever. And mm-hmm. Mia Yim's like, "Hey Regal, Regal," and he's like, "Can't you see him on the phone?" He's like, she's like, Regal, come on. Did you see that? They just jumped me. He's like, he stops. He puts the phone down. He's like, you had your chance at TakeOver. You lost. And then you beat up both their friends. What you expect? And then just started talking on the phone again and just walked off. And me and Yim is just standing there like, I can't believe you just said that to me. It's like, sorry, me. He had to hit you with that reel. It was a very, yeah, it was a very like, like, what do you expect me to do? You, 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 you did your dirt. You didn't win. And now they got the, they got revenge on you. Okay. So y'all are even. It's like, what do you want me to do? Pete Dunn does a sit down interview discussing his career accomplishments so far. He says the rules don't apply to him because he does what he wants when he wants. NXT is on notice because if he sees something he wants, he takes it. Our two feature <laughs> matches for next week. We're going to have Jordan Miles versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And Kona Reeves is going to face off against Velveteen Dream for the North American title. Our main event of the evening is the Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They're taking on the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, for the NXT Tag Team titles. Dawkins tags in and runs well with suplexes. We the clotheslines that follow, and a spear follows for a two count. Kyle Riley tags in as Bobby Fish gets German suplex, chasing the dragon by undisputed arrow follows for a two count. The heel hook follows, but Montez Ford makes the save. It breaks down. We get a spine buster by Dawkins, but Kyle gets a triangle until Dawkins buckle bombs him. Ford comes in and the Uranagi follows as Dawkins hits the frog splash as Montez Ford makes the cover until Bobby Fish makes the save. We get a tope by Montez Ford to the floor. Back in, Dawkins hits a spear, but Montez Ford misses the frog splash. We get the total elimination by Undisputed mm-hmm. Era to Montez Ford. And the Undisputed Era get the pin, and they are your new NXT Tag Team Champions. Aww. It was a good run by the Street Profits. Yeah. But it's all over now as two thirds of the prophecy has been fulfilled. Adam Cole <laughs> is an NXT champion. Now Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are your NXT tag team champions. The only person left to need a championship is Roderick Strong and he's positioning himself to challenge for the North American title. So it looks like the undisputed error are shaping up to be the hottest thing at NXT coming into September 18th and also October the 2nd. It's going to be very interesting to see what type of matches and shows they put together 
for the inaugural show on September 18th, but also the October 2nd date. You know what they might mess around and do? Hmm. They might make an impromptu like takeover card oh. and set it up for like October the 2nd. <laughs> they're gonna do something they're gonna do something big they're gonna do something real big this was a really really good episode of NXT all the matches were very good the Candice and uh, Io Shirai continuing their program great stuff Io Shirai's Hill character is off the chain probably my favorite woman in wrestling right now just cause this character is just so amazing and uh, one of my favorite tag teams, man, Red Dragon, a.k.a. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They're tag team champions once again. This was a great match against the Street Profits. Street Profits have really gotten better at this tag team wrestling thing from where they were at the beginning of 2019 and 2018. So they have definitely are going to be a big hit and a big splash once they finally do make their, I guess they're going to make an appearance on Raw and Wrestle. They they may just stay in the back and do commentary, but eventually I hope they're going to wrestle on Raw, and maybe we can see that cool entrance with everybody with the red cups up in the uh, in whatever city that they decide to debut in. But, yeah, they deserve Yes, because they get it lit when they come out. Their entrance is so crunk. Especially in full sale. So I would suggest everybody go back, check that out. Very good stuff. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this after All Out and the NXT UK Takeover Show. So we will be having some commentary on those on the dark match. More than likely, me and Anwar Starwin are going to cover those two uh, cards and review those two cards. So if you're not a member of of our Patreon page over on patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. Please sign up to become a backstage pass member to hear our review of the NXT UK takeover Cardiff show and the AEW all out event featuring hangman page versus Chris Jericho for the first ever AEW championship. Uh, very good stuff from the NXT TakeOver card. I'm just going to say that Tyler Bate is the god. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to leave you with. So in a couple of days, be on the lookout for the dark match as we're going to review those two cards. A lot of good stuff in those two uh, programs. A lot of good action. Miss Didi Jeanne and the NXT UK, um, they had a last man standing match mm-hmm. between Joe Coffey which is one of your faves and uh, Dave Mastiff. And there was a heel tactic used to win this match. That was so good. Oh yeah. I have to, uh, I'll tell you about it off air. I don't want to give it away here. I want people to listen to the review, but it was (laughs) so freaking good. So please again, sign up for the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. So at this time, Miss Didi Jone, I'll turn it over to you for your shout outs and thank yous. Oh, shout out to Mel, because Mel always gets shout out. Shout out to Jade and Tatiana. Uh, shout out to Young Littlefoot doing big things at somebody's con. I don't remember the name, but I know she's popping over there. Shout out to Greg and the baby, of course. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to you. That's, That's all? Mm-hmm. I'd like to give a shout out to my SmackDown correspondent, Miss Didi Jone. Give a shout out to Sam and Greg. Give a shout out to Classic. Give a shout out to all the listeners and everybody who live tweets with us each and every week. Use the hashtags RawCast, SmackDown Matters, and NXTCast to share your commentary with color on the pro wrestling events of WWE each and every week. Give a shout out to all the members of the GLOW. Thank you for supporting and uh, listening to the WrestleCast and live tweeting as well. Give a shout out to all the listeners of Cast of Strong Style. We will be returning sometime probably the second week of September as the road to destruction uh, starts up. So we'll be having some new episodes there. So they've been taking a little hiatus after the uh, G1 Eventually, I'm going to get a chance to watch the Super J Cup 
and the Royal Quest cards. Uh, they're on demand. They're not up on the New Japan World, so I haven't had a chance to check those out yet, but I'm looking forward to watching that Super J Cup by all accounts. It was really, really good. Um, and that's really it for uh, upcoming wrestling events. Like I said, on September the 14th, the night before the Cast of Champions pay-per-view, we're going to do a retro cast of champions as we're going to watch the very first class of champions from Greensboro, North Carolina. I don't know, if, like I said, I don't know how many people have actually seen that show before, so we'll check that out. And uh, use the hashtag retro cast of champions to share your commentary with color. We'll probably start that about eight o'clock on the 14th, Saturday night, September 14th. So for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. This has been episode 252 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. So everybody wants to know why. Everybody wants to know why and where Sasha Banks been, huh? For four months. Four months I've been gone. Out of sight. Minding my own business, not talking to anybody. Yeah, all I hear is Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. How Sasha Banks threw a fit. I did. How Sasha Banks was seen crying at WrestleMania at the locker room floor. I did. How Sasha Banks took her ball and she went home. Yeah, damn right, I did. And not for reasons that you may think. You see, I was relegated to a WrestleMania tag team match that I cared absolutely nothing about. Defending tag team titles that meant even less. Well, Becky Lynch got to main event WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey. And now here I am, center of attention like I deserve. And you want to know why? Because I am the standard of this woman's division. I've been running this woman's division since day one. Because I am the boss of the woman's division. Because I am the talk of this division. And now I deserve all this glory.